deal. I already count down. I say three, two, one, and I hit record, and then he has to do that. Why do you do that? Intro. Oh, geez. Welcome to Mama Mystery. Um, I have Austin with me here again. Damn, Kelly. <laughs> Back at it again with a sick podcast. That's the second time I've had to do that intro. We had a And you decided about, to stick with it. Yeah. I mean, we got a minute into things. Kelly was trying to read something. A little bit of a stuttering issue going on this evening. <laughs> and we're back. I'm having issues. I'm, I'm short-circuiting in That's my right. issue. You look great. Okay, so, oh, thank you. I have a face for radio. I have a face for podcasting. That's a joke. Oh my God. <laughs> I really hope people can't hear your booger whistle. Oh my God. Seriously, this is a serious true right, crime podcast. Come on, let's podcast. get into the podcast, babe. Okay. So first, I want to start off with a funny story out of Michigan. This woman named Wendy tried to hire a hitman to kill her husband. This so she recent. went, this is recent. She went on Google, um, basically searched how to find a hitman and came upon this website that looked like this legit website where you would submit these applications to hire a hitman. So she fills it out and the guy who owns the site turned her application into the police. No. They created this like operation where she like had an actual meetup time with this person that she allegedly found through the site and they caught her. And you know what's crazy? The guy who owns the site has turned in over 1,500 people because oh over God. 1,500 people are dumb enough to... To submit their application. To Please try go to kill fight. this guy. And like, this, the site, guys, what is... Do you know the domain name? I don't know the domain. It's like, I, I, look up Hire a Hitman. Yeah. It looks like a like complete parody. Yes, yes. Yeah, people are going on there and really submitting their applications. These are the same people who see there. like a Twitter post from a local police station saying like, hey, there's been some contaminated meth. Bring it into the station and we'll test it for you to and see if it's it. good or not. And then people show up and do it. It's people like that. These are the same idiots that, that share things on Facebook that says, if you don't share this by 7 p.m. tonight, you'll your mom's going to die. <laughs> Let's go ahead and continue. My God, that was terrible. Oh my God, but people do. That's you just took point. a left turn with it. Though. I know, but this is a morbid podcast. So it's I mean, not a morbid I got podcast. It. I said morbid. You said Mormon. I said morbid. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> I really hope that what do we got whoever's listening can't hear Austin's bugger whistles, guys. It's cool enough right now that I can see my breath. We're outside. If you hear cicadas, deal with it. And I really, I would be surprised because it's so cold, but I don't know. It's pretty chilly outside, but. So who's our victim tonight? And who's our, who's our victim and who's our murderer? Well, here's the deal. We don't have a murderer. There's no court case. There's no conviction. This is just a mystery. Just a mama's mystery. Yeah, this guys, is a mystery so you know, of a mom. When this podcast happens, I prefer to know nothing about it, just like you guys. So I don't go into this scripting shit about how I'm surprised. Yeah, he really has no idea about it. And some of you might know about this case, but I don't feel like it's gotten as much attention as it deserves. So this is the case of Tamla Horsford. You ready? Let's do it. Tamla Horsford was born in 1978 in St. Vincent in the Caribbean islands, but moved to the Bronx in 1989 when she was 11 years old. She met her husband, Leander Horsford, in Florida, who had a daughter from a previous relationship, and then they got married and went on to have five sons together. At the time of this incident, her youngest son was only four years old. 
Her sons were very involved in sports, especially football, and Tamla was a very involved mother. She put her family before everything and was known as a very devoted, charismatic mom. She was very outgoing, joyful, repeatedly described as the life of the party. Tamla's sister says that Tamla was always the type of person to stand up for the little guy. So when Tamla's husband got a promising job offer in Cumming, Georgia, the family followed. So a little background on Cumming, Georgia. Cumming was located within Forsyth County, which was predominantly white. And as recent as 1987, the town aimed to keep it that way. Back in 1912, white mobs set fire to black churches and black owned businesses. And eventually the entire black population of Forsyth County was driven out. Then in 1987, there was a civil rights march called the Brotherhood March that aimed to challenge the whiteness of the community. 20 to 25,000 people descended on Forsyth County for this march, making it one of the biggest civil rights demonstrations in Georgia history. This march gained national attention and even drew Oprah Winfrey to the town for a roundtable discussion. Since this march, the population has become very little more diverse, but according to the U.S. Census, I looked this up today, as of uh, April of last year, almost 78% of the population is white and less than 5% of the population here is black. So this is like true dirtbag South, like where you think like big places South, like this is that. I don't know that you would consider it like dirtbag, like, you know, I, I get what you're saying. Like I picture the, the, the dudes that would chase that guy down the truck. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily like that. I think actually a lot of these people are like well-to-do families. And just from looking at the house on on uh, Google, when I searched the house, it's actually listed for sale right now. But um, it's a very nice home. It's one that is going for, I think, in the 300s, 350s. So it's a really nice home, nice area. Um, so when Tamla's family moved to Cumming, naturally her sons became, became involved in sports. And Tamla began to befriend some of the fellow football moms. And... I, I probably didn't say this in the beginning, but yes, Tamla and her family are black. So um, she's from the Caribbean and moved here when she was 11. So um, anyway, I feel like I need to make that clear. One of the moms, um, one of the football moms was Jean Myers. And on the night of November 3rd, 2018, Jean was having friends over to celebrate her birthday and watch the LSU versus Alabama game. It was supposed to be a girls-only adult sleepover, but three men were also in the house, though they secluded themselves to a different area of the house. One of these men was Jose Barrera, which is Jean's significantly younger boyfriend. One husband only dropped his wife off and left, but for whatever reason became a part of this group that they dubbed themselves as the, excuse me, the Forsyth Twelve. So these 12 individuals were all considered witnesses in the inevitable incident that occurred this night. So on the night of the party, guests were expected to arrive anytime after 4 p.m. with the kickoff of the game being at 8 p.m. Tamla didn't arrive until after or around 8.30 because she was busy preparing dinner and a breakfast casserole for the next morning for her family. She wanted to make sure her boys were all fed that night and the, the next morning because she planned on spending the night there. So this just goes to show you what kind of mother she was, making sure all of her boys were taken care of before she left. 
when she arrived at the party, she changed into some white onesie pajamas with little black paw prints all over them. And she intended to be one of the eight women spending the night. While the women drank, Horsford enjoyed some top-shelf tequila that she brought herself from Mexico. Being the only habitual smoker at the party, she would occasionally step outside on the balcony to smoke. They had just a normal deck. It was maybe twice the size of ours, so I don't know how many like square foot that would be, but it's just like a normal deck. And there are stairs that go downstairs to like the back patio. She also smoked marijuana that night, but Jean, her name looks like it's spelled Jean. Mm -hmm. It's J-E-A-N-N-E, but she pronounces it Jean because she's bougie. Yeah. Yeah. Gina. Anyway, Jean, Jean asked her to stop since her boyfriend, Jose, worked as a pre-trial officer and apparently did not approve. Everyone seemed to have a good night drinking, playing cards against humanity and socializing, Nobody reported any incidents or bad moods other than the fact that LSU lost, and some people were apparently like upset about that. The guests who did not intend on spending the night left around 11.30, while the others went to bed over the following few hours. So, according to police interviews, Tamla stayed awake after Jean and Jose went to bed around 1.30. Is Jose a chick, too? No, Jose is a man's name. Yeah, it's Jean's... Boyfriend. So this is a man and woman sleepover. Jean. As adults. So yeah, so there were eight women staying, okay. and then there were two men that were hanging out there. One of them was Jose, and then the third man was just a man who dropped, it was just a husband who dropped his wife off, but still was included as the Forsyth and 12. how old is she? 45. She was celebrating her 45th birthday. Is it kind of strange to like all yes. stay in the night? Like, let's have a big sleepover. Let's have I, a big I town do orgy. think it is. And maybe that's just me. Like, you know, like I'm in this bunko group with all these women and wives and mothers, but don't we don't sleep over. No, weird, we leave. Too. We leave at the end of the night. So it's already kind of weird. It's kind of weird. And, you know, and you're all getting stoned and drunk. Maybe it's just extra. Maybe I'm just, you know, cynical. I don't know. But it does seem a little weird to have like this sleepover but whatever i mean whatever whatever to each their own. Y- yeah. if you're having sleepovers and you're 45 fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> whatever sure um, so the last person to see tamla that night was bridget fuller who was picked up by her husband at 147 in bridget's statement no she just was one that was gonna leave <laughs> will you come get me can you just come get me my lips hurt real bad Oh my gosh. No Napoleon. No Bridget. Okay, so she was picked up by her husband. I know that the nurse was like five sticks in her drawer. <laughs> All right, go ahead, oh my sorry. God. So Bridget Fuller was picked up by her husband at 147 in the morning. And also one more interruption here, sorry. <sighs> the other night, Kennedy had six bad dreams. <laughs> <laughs> you asked in the morning how you slept. Kenny, how'd you sleep, sweetie? She said, I had six bad dreams. She counted them. And she six? said, I was afraid they were all going to come true. Oh all gosh. six. Okay, so back to the story. Oh so my gosh, we're getting so sidetracked. 1.40 a.m. 1.47 a.m., which, by the way, um, this was daylight savings. Like, the time changed, so uh, they lost an hour. So, even though... Um, As if it's not enough of a curveball. Right, so, I mean, that just makes it a little more confusing. But it's just, I feel like it's worth pointing out, because in the story, Jean and Jose go to bed... Um, around 1.30. Some people are leaving around 11.30. And so you think between 11.30 and 1.30, there's this like huge gap, but it's actually only, um, what, two, 
hours instead two of Two hour actually becomes one hour. If you stay yes, the exactly. Yes, thank you. Okay, so anyway. Um, in Bridget's statement, Tamla was eating a bowl of gumbo and said she planned to smoke a cigarette and head to bed. And then over the next 10 minutes, the home security system registered the back door opening, closing, and then opening again for the last time at 1.57 a.m. And then it never shut again after that. So the next morning, around 8.45 in the morning, Jean's Aunt Madeline, who was living in the basement at the time, headed to the kitchen to make a cup of coffee when she sees something chilling out the window. Through the window in the backyard, she catches a glimpse of a white dog print onesie. She immediately drops to her knees to say a prayer. Then she gets up and washes her face because, according to Jean, she thought she was seeing things. What? And then she goes up to Jean's room. She doesn't call the police. She just goes straight to did, Jean and Jose's room. Did Go all ahead. these facts of what she's saying come out in the trial? Or, or... Yeah. All, so Sorry. I read the transcripts of their interviews. Okay, so there's been it. no trial. Okay, got it. But there have got been transcripts, and I, I've read all of them. Okay, got it. And I've only chosen to talk about the things that stuck out to me. So if you want to look them up, you can find them online. And there's like each transcript with each person is on there. But I'm only going to talk about the interviews they had with Madeline and Jean. Um, okay, so she goes up to Jean's room, knocks on the door, and nobody answers. But she tells the uh, police during her interview that she could hear water running like someone was in there taking a shower. So she comes back downstairs, realizes it's Tamla laying in the backyard, face down, not moving. So again, she doesn't call 911. She goes back up to Jean and Jose's room and says, there appears to be something wrong with, quote, your friend from the islands. That's how she describes her, which I think is weird. And just kind of rude. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just rude. It's callous. So Jean calls 911 just before 9 a.m. And on the line, both Jean and Jose speak to the operator. Jose says, she's not moving one bit. She's not breathing. I just tried to assess her. She's completely face down in the yard. She's stiff. And he makes the comment that he's afraid to touch her because he doesn't know, like, the protocol. Even though he works as a uh, pretrial officer, like, he works in the court system. He sh you would think he'd be familiar with like how to deal with these situations but anyway then the call drops and they reconnect the operator asks do you see any blood or anything or can you check if she's breathing at all so then you hear some commotion in the background and I assume Jose is checking Tamla at this point to see if she's still breathing but then there's like this big silent gap where part of the call appears to be either redacted or muted or something because then all of a sudden you hear Jose return saying I'm completely not sure and the operator says so that's the only blood you can see and he says that's what I can see without moving her over the operator says do you know if she was suicidal at all just like that so it's kind of bizarre to me in that tone because it's like, where did that come from? Why would the operator ask if she was suicidal in that tone unless Jose suggested it or suggested an injury that would imply suicide because later on we do find that she had some marks on her wrist but you don't hear that in the 911 call and why wouldn't you like why would that be redacted from the 911 call it's just suspicious it's weird it's just weird so then the operator asks how far did she fall and jose said jose says 
it would be about 20 feet from where your feet would be on the railing. And I've heard some people that say this is an odd way to describe the height of the deck, but I want to point out that if you believe someone fell from the deck, you're not just going to estimate the height to the floor of the deck, right? A reasonable person, reasonable, reasonable person with common sense would, I hope, measure to the top of the railing, right? I mean, you would think if someone's falling from the deck, you'd measure from the top of the railing, so not just, assuming just the deck. That she fell. Yeah, they're immediately assuming she I was fell off say, the, the deck. The whole assumption kind of came out of nowhere, but okay. Yeah, I mean, she's laying face down in the yard, and she's not laying on the the patio below the deck. She's laying in the grass. Okay. So I mean, okay. yeah, just at first sight, and there's no pictures of this. They didn't take any crime scene footage. There's nothing. Um, and I honestly couldn't even find how she was laying from the deck. Like I couldn't find information and maybe I just missed it, but I couldn't find whether her head was facing towards the house or whether her feet were facing towards the house. Cause I feel like that would be important. Cause if you think about it, if you're standing on the deck and you're facing the house, okay. Like, like or even if you're facing away from the house and you fall, like you back bend over or you front bend over so your head's going to flip on the way down. Yeah, but I mean, think about it though. Like, okay, for the first example, if you're facing the house and your back is to the deck and you back bend over, you would probably, and then you end up face down. You're, if you end up face down, your your head is going to, exactly, your head is going to be towards the house, right? Yeah. If you're facing away from the house and you're facing out towards the woods or whatever your deck is facing and you end up face down, then your face would be away from the house. Mm -hmm. So either way, it just doesn't explain exactly how she fell off the deck. If she fell off like face, even then though, that's like kind of getting speculative. But I get it. Yeah, it's just it's all questions that remain un unanswered. Right. Is the point. So, um, but anything anyway, I think the discrepancy here is why would he say where your feet would be on the railing, suggesting that someone would jump off the deck. So anyway, people like from the podcast I've listened to and the blogs I've read, people like really harped on that fact because they're like, why would he immediately assume that she jumped off the feet or with her feet? And I just, I don't know. I thought that was a little extra. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to point that out because that's, those were my, my personal thoughts. So then Jose tells the operator that they have cameras that would capture if anyone was on the deck with her. And this is important because later it was found that the cameras weren't working at that time. See, that always happens. That's Doesn't like the that chick that happen? walked into the cooler and the cameras weren't working yeah, I haven't, the cooler. Yeah, I haven't talked about that one yet, yeah, but yes. But that one, like, how does this always happen? That's like Epstein. The cameras in the prison weren't working in his wing. Like, yes, what the hell? exactly. Anything that happens like that is always a dead giveaway. Yes, it's always, it's always fishy. a red flag. Absolutely. It's a red flag. You know what? Aaron Hernandez, his cameras busted him. Remember at his house? Oh yes, Aaron Hernandez cameras busted him. Yes, but the there were no cameras in the in the prison cell to right. say if he actually hugged himself or if right. he was the attacked. Right, the whole camera inside shutting off—that's all bullshit. Yeah, anytime technology fails, but I don't know. That's like when somebody sends a text right now and then it says delivered, and then you send the other text. Hey, did you get my last message? Yeah, it's 2020. I got it. Yeah, technology exists. It's not very often it doesn't go through. Exactly. One so when it just thousand, coincidentally quits working right when you really need it to be working mm -hmm. to prove innocence. Yeah, it's weird. So Tamla was pronounced dead at the scene and her body was sent for an autopsy. But even before the report came back, the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office was treating this as an accident. During the autopsy, it's been reported 
that there were no photos taken. When the photographs had been requested, the GBI has either ignored the request or claimed that they can't release the photos without some release. Anyway, to this day, nobody has reported receiving the photos, which is incredibly unusual. The point of doing an autopsy is to report the condition of the body at the time of death with the hope that there is an etiology as to how the person died. And usually you back up those findings with photos. So it's incredibly odd and remarkable that there are no photos to accompany this autopsy. And I know you don't really have much of like a background or interest in true crime other than when I'm talking to you about it, but anyone else who's listening and hears an autopsy was done with no photos, it's like, I know enough to know from listening to you in the past that that's what you're doing. Yeah, super weird. In the final report, the examiner found that Tamla's blood alcohol was 0.238, which is just shy just shy of three times the legal limit to drive. She is drunk. And there were also trace amounts, okay, trace amounts of marijuana and an anti-anxiety medication in her system. So in the interview with Jean, she tells the, um, the officer that Tamla went outside to smoke a little bit of weed and Jean went out there and was like, hey, you can't be doing that. Like, um, Jose is going to get super upset and I'm not going to fight with him over this dumb shit. Like, that's what she said in the interview. So when they say trace amounts, I'm, I'm thinking based one on two. that. Yeah, exactly. It was probably like one or two puffs. So not enough to be the sending her over thing. the edge. Yeah. Exactly. But she was drunk. But she was drunk and they inevitably concluded that the alcohol in her system mixed with the trace levels of THC likely caused a loss of coordination contributing to an accidental fall. So when they closed the case, details surrounding the case were available to the public, but these documents didn't provide Tamala's family with any closure. Rather, it only caused more confusion. In all the photos, videos, and interviews from that night, Tamala seemed to be coherent and in control. She never appeared to be out of her mind or blackout drunk, and she also didn't know a lot of the women at this party, or at least a few of them. And so according to her family, you know, it was so out of character for her to get, like, just so plastered in front of people she barely knew. So they also wondered how a woman who otherwise appeared to be in control of herself could lose control and fall off of a 17 foot railing. And then how did no one hear her? So let's talk about her injuries. What if you fall off a 17, 20 foot deck? Like, I don't know, and land in the grass? I don't know that you would be heard. Well, I don't know you'd be heard, but I also know that you die. Like, I think the chance, right. I, I, I obviously anything's possible, but I think the chances of death falling off a deck, I'm looking down on our deck right now, it's like, it would be hurting. Here's the deal though, and some people know about the, know this about me and some don't, but when I was nine, I fell off of a 10 foot high dive and I landed on my chin. So I broke my jaw, smashed my TMA, TMJs and like lost a bunch of teeth. Um, but I didn't break my neck, which was actually shocking that I didn't break my neck considering the fact that I fell on my chin. And maybe part of that is because I was nine. So I was a lot more like, you know, flexible or whatever, I guess, you know, like I imagine if I fell now at 32, I'd probably break some shit, like a lot of shit. But, um, but I, it does make you wonder. I, sometimes I feel like you can fall just the right way and break your neck. No doubt. I mean, it's possible. You know, I had a friend who dove into five feet of water and is paralyzed from the neck down because he hit his neck. So, I mean, a lot of times it's just how you fall. 
So go ahead. What are you saying? So her injuries from this fall, she had a dislocated wrist and then some parallel scratches on her wrist. So it looked like, you know, two or more scratches that were parallel to each other on her wrist, a broken neck and a laceration to her heart. There was a laceration on her heart muscle. So, and then she also had abrasions to her face, um, like above her nose and above her eyebrow. Tell which me enough about stuff. How do you get an abrasion in your heart? See, I don't know. And it was a laceration, not a bra- not an no, abrasion. Abrasion is like a scrape, and the laceration is like a slice. And it was on her heart. And it was on her heart. So. And there was no like wound of a knife going in her. No, no. So that like, I mean, I don't. I'm not a doctor. I'm not even a nurse. But I, I try to, you know, think of the most logical explanation. Oh my god, Austin! Uh, that's crazy. Like maybe something, maybe something inside her just like a rib sliced her harder. I mean, maybe it was just the trauma of landing. I literally have no idea. Like I usually can try to think of ways to explain things. I've watched a lot of shows, but that's like the extent of my education when it comes to like true crime. I've never heard of someone having a laceration on their heart with no other, you know, markings on their but chest. You know, I, like if you think you could puncture a lung with a rib, like maybe it's just something that happened from a fall. Yeah, but there was no broken ribs. No, I'm, I'm just like hypothetically throwing shit out there. Yeah, I don't know. It's very bizarre. Um, unfortunately, the scene was not preserved. Evidence was never tested, and when they interviewed witnesses, they did it in the comfort of the Myers home, so John Myers' home, on November 9th. It was a very casual interview process with people filtering in and out of the home, often interrupting the interviews. So one of the first interviews they did was with Aunt Madeline, which was the first person to find Tamla. And at one point during the interview, Jean comes in while they're interviewing her and jokingly says, I'm going to start charging y'all rent. And the officer responds, get out of my head, which I don't even know what that would mean. And then Jean says, look, I just went and got y'all gift cards. Then I was told I shouldn't because I would it would look bad if I give you something before the case is closed. And it's very typical because I figure all the cops love Dunkin' Donuts, right? Then she says, now do you need me or can I go upstairs and get ready for this funeral? Wait, so this was all recorded? This is all recorded and it's in the transcripts of Madeline's interview. So Jean like, like peeps her head in to this interview and is like, do I need to start charging all rent? Like your friend just fucking died on your property and you're just like in here making jokes and then like you go out of your way to go get the cops dunkin donuts gift cards like in the meantime are you doing anything for tamala's family are you offering to help her family in any way like it just struck me as so bizarre that she would go out and get gift cards for the cops I'm, this is what year did this happen? 2018 yeah yeah and then when she says, do you need me or can I go upstairs and get ready for this funeral? Like, I don't know, just the flippant way that she talks about it really just got under my skin. Yeah, it's just weird. like, I don't know. And then the more I read, the more I, you know, began to unpeel like her true character. So the next day when they interview Jean, the officer makes it known in the recording of the interview that they can't accept gifts because it would, quote, make things look weird to which Jean seems to understand. So, like I said, I've read these interview um, transcripts, and these are the few things that stuck out to me that seem to show her true character. So, while talking about her friend that has just died, she starts off the interview by recalling the beginning of the party. The officer asks a simple question, saying, quote, 
how'd the night go? Pretty much everybody happy. And, and then Jean interrupts the officer saying, Tam got here at 8.30. She brought a bottle of tequila as my gift and said it was tequila from Mexico. And I said, thank you, but I don't drink tequila. And she said, no, you don't understand. It's good. And she opened it and I smelled it and I threw up in my mouth and said no. So she offered it to other people and nobody else wanted it. Um, that's about it. She's the only one that smokes cigarettes. I don't know if she's the only one that smokes marijuana. I know I know, I do not smoke marijuana, but she would go out there on the deck and smoke and then at one point we were trying to get the fire pit on because it was cold, end quote. Anyway, after that, she explains everyone started to go to bed around 1 a.m. But it just struck me as odd as like the, the cop is saying, so like everyone was happy. And then she just goes on to this tangent about, you know, Tamla bringing her this gift that she rejected. And then how Tamla's a smoker and smokes marijuana. Like it was just like, whoa, cool your debts. Like just take it easy. Then in the middle of the interview, she's talking to someone else in the room and says, so apparently um, her, her boyfriend, so what, I guess her ex-husband's baby mama was coming to get the kids, okay? So in the middle of the interview, she's talking to someone else who's in the room and says, um, can you go outside and wait for, my ba- for baby mama and get my kids' belongings from her so she doesn't come in the house? She's on her way. That's my ex-husband's baby mama. But like, rather than just call her by her freaking name, like, I don't know, this woman just irks me. She's 45. She's having adult sleepovers. She's referring to her ex's, you know, mother of her, his children as my ex-husband's baby mama and calling her baby mama. Like, I don't know. She just, she just rubs me the wrong way. She's bougie. She's extra. And I don't like her. It's not in a good way, you know? So later in the interview, the officer asks John, to recall the condition of Tamla's body when they found her, because there have been conflicting stories of how Tamla was found. Two of the women at the party told police that Tamla's right arm was up, almost as if she tried to brace herself, but Jean says it was not, because, quote, that image is burned in my head, because the best way I could phrase it is it almost looked like she face-planted, because I'm like, I'd never imagined someone landing with like her toes almost pointed quote. So there's discrepancies upon whether Tamla's arms were down at her side or one of her arms was up. Nobody can get it straight. Yeah. And it's a lack of preservation of the scene when the cops arrived, no pictures were taken, no notes, like they just totally botched it. So later in the interview, the officer asks, so how drunk was Tam when you went to bed at 1.30? And Jean says, she didn't seem drunk at all. I mean, she seemed buzzed. And shortly after this, the interview ends, but it just raises so many more questions. If she didn't seem drunk at all, it makes it all the more mysterious as to how she could have fallen off the deck. So then shortly after this incident, Jose Barrera was fired from his job for using his credentials to look at evidence and private information relating to this case in which he was a witness. So apparently he was like logging into the computers and looking at stuff he wasn't supposed to be looking at, so they fired him. And after this shoddy interview process, the botched autopsy and the hasty conclusion of the case, publicity on this case was actually rather quiet until the George Floyd incident ignited the Black Lives Matter movement. This case caught the eyes of celebrities including T.I., 50 Cent, Kim Kardashian, and Gabrielle Union. Influencers and individuals alike began to sign 
and share the change.org petition to reopen the case, and it has now garnered over 688,000 signatures. Tamala's family's lawyer released a letter summarizing his findings of his own review of the evidence, stating homicide is a strong possibility, pointing to the abrasions on her arms and hands that he believes could be defensive wounds. The unpreserved scene where she was found, the discrepancies in the witnesses' stories, and the lack of autopsies photos all point to a possible homicide. So that's where we're at. Um, that's the gist of the story. That's pretty much all you really need to know. But um, And if I'm missing anything, then please like comment, send me a message, do whatever. I mean, I want to get more information out there, even though my podcast only reaches like a couple hundred people. But um, still, this case is just really crazy. What do you think? Oh, no. Lack of investigation is super weird. Like you said, preservation of the scene. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of dots that just don't align or align weird, like that whole person's demeanor. Yeah. But then I also, like, I get that she was cooking dinner for her and stuff for the future days for her kids and was supposed to be like this upstanding mother. Mm-hmm. But it also, you kind of question their character. I don't know. I, I just think of people I know in life, and I don't know any that are in their 40s and 50s and partying up and then staying the night with each other and like I don't know that's weird mm-hmm. maybe it's not weird I don't know maybe people do this it seems strange though yeah. it just seems weird like I I can go have a fun night and then go home and yeah. if and and no you never plan to stay the night like if, if you went out and you got wasted and you end up staying the night no biggie mm-hmm. if you had eight people over and then two of them ended up getting wasted and stayed the night because they don't want to get a, a DUI right I don't want a Dewey I get <laughs> right. it but to be like, hey, let's all come over. It's almost like the plan was to get wasted and all bang each other. So I <laughs> so well, and I feel weird. like I should point out the fact that you and I don't drink. We don't party. We don't do that stuff. So yeah. maybe our opinions are very skewed because we just don't do that. But and, yeah, maybe I don't know shit. Maybe that's what people do. But maybe that's what a, a large population of people do. I yeah, don't know. I really have no idea. So I guess I shouldn't judge on that. But I do think that it's an interesting decision-making. It's a very... Yeah, I don't know. Do I think it's murder or do I think it's not? I have no clue. I think there's a lot of fishy stuff. A yes. lot. I think it deserves looking at. Regardless of Black Lives Matter, regardless of the George Floyd, regardless of all of that. I regardless think of race. Regardless of race, politics, anything. I think it's definitely worth diving into mm-hmm. again. So the the question, of course, rises of race because, I mean, obviously this didn't come up until, this didn't get the national attention it has garnered until after the Black Black Lives Matter movement started. But, you know, in this predominantly white town, do you think that they treated it fairly? Do you think that they would have treated it differently if it was one of the white women at the party that fell off the deck? You know, like that, those are the questions that come up when you deal with a case like this, because when less than 5% of the population is black and the only black woman at the party turns up dead, but they don't do any investigating as to how she like actually died. And the only investigating they did was like so mediocre. It just raises the question like, well, would you have done this if it was Jean that fell off the deck? Right. So I'm Googling something random real quick. I'm thinking, okay. Okay. What I'm thinking is definitely regardless of race and everything else, this is definitely weird. 
but I'm looking up how many people die per day. Nearly 150,000 people die per day around the world. Okay, the reason I look that up is this. I get that, that they're probably all different reasons. But how often do you think that something random or something that deserves to be investigated more like this mm -hmm. happens per day, per year, per all month, all the, the time? time. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost like, and I, and I, this is an excuse for it because it's still unacceptable. And if I was the family, I'd want to know what happened. Absolutely. But, but I'm just saying things like this happen every damn day. Right. And well, so and I don't know. That doesn't. I'm not, I'm not saying it makes it right. So I get what you're saying. Don't go listen to this and put words in my fucking mouth. Oh my god, Austin, <laughs> chill. <laughs> or I'll come after you. Stop it. Okay. So I get what you're saying right. because I'm sure, like you know, everyone's initial reaction and assumption of this case was she fell off the deck because sometimes if it looks like a duck and it sounds like a duck, it's and a it duck. It walks right? like a duck and it, it is a duck. It's a duck. So like. If you know she, if they think she falls off the deck, and maybe, maybe that is just what yeah, happened. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe and you have to, you maybe. have to, right? But you have to, like, account for the fact that that's a very real possibility. So when police show up and they find this woman off the side of the deck, and all these people are so confused as to how it happened, and nobody knows what happened, nobody has any answers. Their, their assumption is well. It is what it is. Like maybe right. they, maybe their first judgment of the people at the house and at the party was like, you know, nobody seems to be capable of this. This doesn't seem suspicious. Like maybe to the cops, so the founder. Yeah, so, I don't know. Here's a weird thing to think about. Think about that door going open, closing, and then opening again and never closing again. Mm -hmm. Okay. The door. She could have gone outside and closed it to go outside, and then whether she was falling, pushed, whatever happened, she didn't latch the door all the way, and the door blew open. Because it will still say, like, your alarm, door closed, door open. Right. The door could have blown open. Right. That's our, ours does that. If you yeah. don't close it all the way to where it latches, it'll, blow it'll either say it was opened or yeah. it'll say it's closed. I mean, it's never, yeah, so there it's, are some times where, where that happens. happens. Yeah. So and, and, and it'll look closed, but it's actually not. And it did have stairs off the deck. It did have stairs off so the deck. So if somebody was, did go out there and decided to murder her. They could have just walked off the stairs and left, I guess, too. So I don't. That's weird. Yeah, I don't. There's know. just too much weirdness. That's if this is a mama mystery. <laughs> yeah, it's a. It's definitely a mystery. Yeah. There's. So while I say that there is the possibility that she just fell off the deck, because I mean, like, think about it. Standing up against this deck, this probably comes up to like my lower back. So if I like happen to stretch back really hard, maybe I could there. lose my balance. I mean, you just have to. You have to look at it at, from both sides. And you have to try to be unbiased See, regardless. See, I, I, I sit there and I say it needs to be opened back up, but then at the same time, like, I don't know. It's the weird things that make it need to be brought back up. Like that, that, Jean, Jean, that, her, her I mean, is it a guy or a chick? I'm so confused on the names. <laughs> Listen, there's eight chicks, one dude. You're all spending nights weird. Um, <laughs> but the person falling off the deck, or the, the person that talked about him falling off, Jean. Yeah. The whole the, the demeanor of them was weird. Yes, that that is and what like bothers the, me, and, well, I, and what I think bothers a lot of people is the discrepancies on how Tamela was found, yeah. and then her demeanor afterwards. When I looked out the window, I saw her and immediately dropped her knees and prayed and went upstairs to get somebody else. That's weird. Right, and this is her aunt, so she's presumably older. If John's forty-five, maybe this chick is in her sixties, and if she's something, I, I can't know. understand. I can understand. I do understand. If you saw somebody you thought you knew dead laying in the yard, like me personally, I might be so freaked out that I run and grab somebody else in the house real quick to come out with me. 
before yeah. you just go straight to it. You don't know you're until so it happens to you. Yeah, because like you're so creeped out by it that like to go look at it, like I would be terrified. I'd be scared somebody's watching. They just killed him. They're gonna kill me or something. I don't right, know. you just don't know. You, so you'd want a witness to go with you. Yeah, and I get that, but then the way they, they but then to not donuts, like gift cards and the right. oh this is that that's where shit got weird. Yeah, and the way she was just that's so flippant about like. I got to go to this funeral. Like, I don't know. The way Jean's demeanor is what makes yeah. it weird. So, like, when you look at just the the facts of, like, Tamla, how she was found, sure, it looks like it could be an accident. But it's everything that happened after that that it's makes you interviews. wonder, is this an accident? Yeah. Yeah, the interviews and stuff. That's yeah. weird. That's weird. Yeah. But if you only – yeah. So, I can see – I can honestly, truly, genuinely see – how people are divided on oh, if it's sure. an accident or if it's I not. I could literally see both ways. Yeah. I absolutely could. So tell me what you think. If you think this was just an accident or if you think this was actually something that, you know, these people at the party or some of the people at the party tried to cover up, um, comment and let me know because I want to know what the thoughts are. Is there a hashtag or something with this chick's name? Yes, it's so hashtag it. Tamala Horsford. So screenshot the podcast, put it on your story, tag Kelly and Mama Mystery, do that hashtag yeah do it all thank you so much for that plug and thank you so much for listening um let's see i don't know what the next case will be i usually just kind of decide on a win just go rate review and share it on itunes if you haven't yes i would appreciate that so very much we're just trying to grow this shit and entertain some people and i'm so glad the least you could do if you were entertained for the last 20 minutes by us all right 41 41 41 minutes minutes. come on you 41 minutes entertainment pay your dues Pay your dues. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm pissed. I'm really mad too. Sorry. That's right. I'm, I'm pissed off and I'm mad and angry. Pissed off and I'm upset. I'm unha- unhappy. Jeez Louise. And All you know right. what? The podcast episode is over. We're going to shut time. this oh. down. I'm just going to shut it down. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Until then, stay safe. Stay vigilant. Mama.